Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Golden Knights traveled to Denver tonight to meet the Avalanche. We will talk about Saturday's win, and that is in the distant past of sorts, and we'll talk about that uh, against Nashville as we close out 2022 and our predictions and much more ahead. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G. And, of course, our YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. And Chris, before we get into the meat of things today, we have to take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners from the podcast side from this past year, uh, as we had 98,288 downloads. Wow, that is mind-blowing. And we'd like to thank all the listeners and everyone for the support of Lockdown Golden Knights. I'm Let's sure we're, we're well over uh, well over the, 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 the 11 or 12K mark for the YouTube side as well. So uh, that's uh, over 100,000. So that's, uh, like I said, when Tony put the tweet out uh, yesterday or the day before, that it's just a number I can't wrap my head around. It's just crazy to think that that many of you, you know, whether it's two or three minutes or the entire show, just give us that much time uh, of your precious time. Me and There's one thing me and Tony know, there's not enough hours in the day. So... You know, it's tough for us to find time to do this sometimes. And I can't imagine how your daily lives are. And the fact that you got a few minutes for us, it means a lot. And uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you. And look forward and look, looking forward to uh, more and more in uh, 2023. 200K, 200,000 this year. Okay. So uh, VGK starts off uh, the New Year's in Denver. Uh, tonight, they travel to take on the Avalanche. Uh, Av's not doing so well since we last saw them. They are losers of three straight. Um, but at least they get Nathan McKinnon back. He returned against Toronto. You say like that's a good thing, Tony. It's not a good thing for us. Well, you know, when VGK starts whining with the 60 or 70 man games lost, Colorado has nearly 200 man games lost already this season. And guess what? They're doing pretty well at 19, 13, and three. Right. Yeah, I know. Just looking up and down the stats, like you said, losers the last three in a row. They're in a... Unfortunate position there. Um, Can we call uh, it a funk? Can we call it a funk for the first time? Copper's got 22 points. McKinnon still has 34. It's 34 points in a limited amount of games played. I mean, what I see the other day, I know, I know Edmonton doesn't come until next week, but Connor McDavid is sitting at like 72 points already. Dear God, that's just crazy. Kale McCarr is doing what Kale McCarr does, sitting at 34 points. Miko Rantanen, 45 points, but. What I'm going to point out here, Evan Rodriguez, 16 points. That was a player that was picked up. Oh, I took Tony's. I took it. I took it. I took it. And, I mean, he just, from the word go, Rodriguez has been been helping that team tremendously with all the injuries. And, you know, that's a trade deadline acquisition type of player that helps you win a Stanley Cup. So, Tony, go ahead. I'm sure I just took some of your thunder. Oh, no. It's Kessel or Rodriguez. We wanted Rodriguez at the time. And we... You know, we weren't even mentioning Kessel. Well, Kessel was never a thought because we thought he was going to be too expensive. That was my perspective, at least. Okay. But Rodriguez definitely would have been a a good player to fit in. Two Two million. million. Remember, bargain basement, we were whining. And so the first meeting between these two clubs uh, back in October, the 22nd of October, it was a three to two final. 
as uh, Valerie Nikushin. Uh, Nikushkin uh, scored the game winner. And uh, Stevenson and Marcia so scored goals for the VGK, if we remember correctly. And uh, that was, I remember the Avalanche playing three games in four days. And here's an odd note on this series. The road team has won five straight. I mean, the way things are going at T-Mobile right now, that's not a surprise, except this goes back to when, to before it became a surprise with what's happening uh, with the VGK at T-Mobile arena. But, you know, it's just a weird quirk. And you have two very tough teams that play each other very well. And that uh, six game playoff series a couple seasons ago was an absolute epic series, in my opinion. I mean, just going back, just uh, taking a walk down memory lane, VGK is uh, looking down the barrel of being down three to nothing in the series. And then that just remarkable third period that sees March so score a goal from behind the net. And they ultimately win the game in regulate in regulation. And like, that was a turning point where I felt that team was going to make a run to the cup. And then, uh, you know, the uh, ever so tough Montreal Canadians fixed, you know, didn't yeah, whatever moving forward, moving forward. I'm yeah. getting mad, Tony. I'm getting mad already. <laughs> Goaltending has not been that good. I always questioned because I'm a Ranger fan, the acquisition of Alexander Georgiev. And since the uh, Christmas break, the Avalanche 0 3, and Chris Georgiev, 14 goals on 83 shots on net, 14 on 83. And they pulled him for Jonas Johansson uh, there against uh, the Maple Leafs in the last outing. And so they're not getting great goaltending. And I'm guessing that they'll go back to Georgiev tonight. I would have to imagine he's the number one goalie. So let's talk about trends really fast. You you said all the, you said the, all the goals given up. So I just took a quick look at December really fast. Going back to December 7th until the 17th. I'm sorry, the 7th until before Christmas break on the 23rd. No more than six goals collectively on both sides. That was the Buffalo game on December the 15th for Colorado. And then everything else was five goals or less during that stretch. And then after the Christmas break, Arizona, they lose three to six, nine goals. The Kings, nine goals in a four to five losing effort. And then six to two against the Maple Leafs. So... Whoever was in goal those three games Georgiev. doesn't play goal. Doesn't play that goal 14? tonight. That, that's... They finally, yeah, they finally <laughs> pulled Georgiev. Fans were they were complaining that Georgiev should not have been in net. Who do they? I was surprised that Lankinen, not not to jump ahead, but then Lankinen went back to back in the in the series with VGK. Something didn't make sense with that. But that's another. Uh, we'll get to that in the next segment. So what do we got here? Uh, jo- or Pavel Fransuz, and then uh, is he Jonas out? Joh- I, I don't know. That's where I'm looking. I see Jonas Johansson on the roster yeah. as well right now. So yeah, yeah, he's the one that uh, jumped in there. He was the backup goalie. So I'm guessing Francis is hurt or something. I didn't quite see that. But great, we get a we get a goalie who's not been tested a whole lot. That has no film, and that's that that never spells good things for the for the team first time around, right? But when the film comes out, like we talk about LT, things change a little bit. Uh, since we last saw the Avs, they had a trade back in uh, December before the freeze. Uh, Dryden Hunt goes to Toronto for Dennis Malgin. And uh, again, injuries. Uh, the latest player that could be back tonight, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Darren Helm had started to skate, I guess, over the weekend. We might see him. And here's another statistic for you. And I hate to just throw out numbers first thing in the new year, especially. Uh, so the Avalanche have not had a lead at the first intermission since December the 10th against the Rangers. 
and they've been outscored eight to eight to one the last nine games in the first period. There's one of your keys right there. I mean, the, I don't right there. You go. It's the shelf yeah. life of an NHL coach. This is scary, right? I mean, you know, can we go from Stanley Cup winner to starting to talk about the coach here? And uh, you know, I mean, as 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 goofy as it sounds, that's not that goofy in the NHL. Every two and a half, three years. I mean, the VGK average is right at two and a half years. The McPhee average going back to his Washington days is also two and a half years. So, you know, I mean, at some point, just the, the coaching carousel spins and spins and spins. I'm not saying that's why the Colorado Avalanche are struggling right now, but if it continues to happen in the next season, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, so let's see, Gerard Gallant might be starting to get his time washed up a little bit with the Rangers. Is, is Gerard, here we go, bookmark, time capsulate this one. Gerard okay. Gallant is the next coach of the Colorado Avalanche in 24-25. Wow. Okay, so should they take the Avalanche serious? Is this still going to be the same type of uh, matchup and rivalry that we've seen in the past? Again, a lot of different parts. And every time, you know, the VGK fans, Chris, start complaining about man games lost with uh, 60 or so, three times more for Colorado. And guess what? I have not heard a ton of complaining. Yeah, exactly. But I haven't heard a ton of complaining from Avalanche, uh, their fans. Uh, they just the cards are dealt to them. They won last year. Uh, is this when they're 100 percent? Can they go back to back? You know, season two for VGK, there wasn't a lot of complaints either because of what happened in season one. And, you know, season two ended in dramatic fashion with the not a major nonsense and everything. And what happened was the fact that they made that incredible one in season one overshadowed the absolute horrible coaching effort by Gerard Gallant, in my opinion, which is why the San Jose Sharks were able to defeat the BGK in that first round. Not the, not, not, not the, the Eakin major and all that nonsense. That was actually a very minor part, in my opinion, of the outcome of that series. But point being is when you're winning, you get foggy, Tony, it's something you haven't had in a while. So good, good job in getting that fixed, but you know, winning, winning cures the fog, everybody winning cures the fog. And you know, in Colorado, yeah, a lot of injuries and it seems like more than the VGK and maybe even more notable in, in the fact that Nathan McKinnon is one of the top three or four talents in all of the NHL. Um, but again, they did win the Stanley Cup last year, so they're still riding that high right now. And VGK, on the other hand, you know, very bad luck last year with the injuries, with the system, with everything that happened in the offseason, with uh, DeBoer being, uh, you know, ridden out of town and all of that. So the VGK faithful, we're a little more um, sensitive right now. We're on pins and needles as we are concerned. Like, this is such a a weird time right now. We are this close from going off the cliff to being a team that will not make the playoffs to being even closer to a team that has the ability to contend for a Stanley Cup. Like, this is really such a weird time. And I think the months of January and February are going to point – like, we're not. I don't think this is the type of team that's going to – like make it through the first round and then like lose four, three to a a decent team. Right. Like, I really feel like we're going to fringe, not make the playoffs if the injuries add up and the bad things continue to happen. Or if we return to health, I think we are a conference contending team right now that can win the West and, you know, be in the cup. And it's, it's crazy. It's really such a a remarkable situation that VGK is in right now. And you had the fact that, you know, we're a little nervous from last season. It's um, you know, it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun ride. Coming up uh, next, we'll take a look back at this past Saturday's game against Nashville. 
We'll take a look at everything that's happening on the injury front. We'll have some updates for you. More yeah, it's only this. a 45 minute show. We need more time for that. <laughs> on Lockdown Golden Knights. I want to tell you about the importance of multivitamins. Tons of people take some sort of multivitamin, and it's very important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. We're talking about AG1, Athletic Greens, a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing that you can do every day, every single day, to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important, especially for folks not here in Vegas, where the sun does not shine. The fog comes in here at times. But in any event, um, of course, Athletic Greens, I take it. Chris says, well, uh, don't have a lot of time here, as he mentioned, here in Vegas, always on the run. Uh, I've been taking it myself for about three or four months now. So it's really uh, working. And one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you can absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which get your day started on the right foot. And also, getting the year started on the right foot is very important as well. It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. And it's a lot cheaper than your cold brew habit. There's a lot of testimonials out there. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure that you check out the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Let's have a big year there. Please subscribe because you want to see these mugs first thing. Well, Chris has two mugs, his face and the mug he's drinking his coffee out of. And so let's go back to Saturday. Uh, the win against Nashville, the OT win by VGK on the Nick Hague blast. Golden Knights win that game. And uh, now, you know, we saw the Kings closing in. It was just a two-point margin. The Kings, man, they really tripped up, losing to the Flyers at home on New Year's Eve. So it Who is loses to the Flyers? Oh, that's really Who loses bad. to the Flyers at home, Tony? And Philip Forsberg, uh, again, game-tying goal, five seconds to go, had the hat trick. Did anyone throw a hat on the ice? Yes, there was one hat that immediately went onto the ice when it happened. Okay, I was just curious. And did Nashville travel well? Because they typically do travel but not for the holiday break right so i mean not compared to what i see in other teams and there were some people lining the sides like for warm-ups and things like that there were some preds jerseys and you know not didn't really interact with any preds fans like there weren't weren't really any around us it was was a fun crowd though didn't seem to be as many empty seats as expected and you know you're watching on access the amount of tickets that are left before the game and i looked um Friday night, and there was a lot less than than a normal game. So you knew it was going to be a fun a fun environment. Okay, I want to get uh, right to the meat of things here and talk about Brady McNabb and the hit. Okay, so Mark Jankowski skating down the boards um, again, not looking up, and your head's supposed to be up, as we know, right? And so he gets blasted. A left shoulder goes to the head of Jankowski. Um, today, do we see this? as a review with the NHL safety board. And uh, again, oh my goodness, but though McNabb, they got to get a fighter on this team because McNabb, I thought, just got wiped by Jakob Trennan uh, there. And talk about the difference. I know that you want to get into this. 
uh, now put your referee cap on, uh, the difference between game misconduct and match penalty. Yeah, so I've been trying to research this just to get the official meaning. So at my USA Hockey Beer League level, match penalty is a mandate, and the referee can assess this on the ice when it is a situation that warrants it. A game misconduct means, for lack of a better term, you got in a fight. You pissed off the referee. You, you did something inappropriate that gives you, there you go, Tony. That give, I, that was me last week right there. Hit that mute button. I know exactly what you're up to right now. Um you give uh, you give a game misconduct, get off the ice, whatever. We'll see you next game. Let's move forward. A match penalty at my level is a mandatory 30-day suspension that can be reviewed at any time. But if a review is not given, then you're gone for 30 calendar days of, of competition. At the NHL level, a match penalty simply means that you are suspended until the commissioner has had an opportunity to rule on on the infraction. In this case, obviously, the Department of Player Safety is the would be the review. So I checked Department of Player Safety. There's nothing on their Twitter about this being reviewed. They um, wake up late. They wake up late, man. Right? Yeah. It'll no, be it's like um, if it happens. Not, not to make light of it, but they, they say don't, when the when New Year's falls on the weekend, don't get a DUI because you don't get the judge until Tuesday. I get it, but you know. In watching Bruce Cassidy's press conference, Cassidy is preparing for McNabb to be playing tonight right now. Now, is this lip service saying, oh, I don't think this is that big of a deal. They're going to move forward and not suspend him. I, I don't know. I mean, that there could be some uh, some gamesmanship happening there. Uh, the Silver Knights played today or played last night uh, here in Henderson. Colorado's a short trip if they got to send someone else there. In his behalf, unless they're just going to play five defensemen, which this team is an expert at doing nonsense like that, unfortunately. But looking back at the hit, I live real time, I couldn't catch it right away, but I heard the ref say match penalty immediately. Wes McCauley immediately called a match. Like it wasn't a major review turn match, it was match on the ice. And then mm-hmm. it was a very short review, match penalty, goodbye, Nabber. And talk about a couple things. One, McNabb was trying to line him up for one of those epic hits like he always does, where he just puts his hip into you and he just wipes you out. In this case, uh, the Nashville forward, I believe, he kind of had his head down, like you said, Tony. Nikowski, and yeah. he was like leading with his head, like literally leading with his head. And McNabb caught him. It was not a dirty, intentional hit. McNabb is probably the cleanest big hitter in the game as far as those hip checks and things like that goes and the way he lines his hits up. McNabb's a big dude, hit a guy with his head down. Um, it was an irresponsible hit. Don't get me wrong. Like, we're not going to say McNabb should not be, you know, whatever penalty is coming. He should get something. I think, uh, I feel like a game suspension is is called for in a spot like this. Um, and again, nothing against McNabb. And that's what's also going for McNabb. I don't think he's ever been suspended before. Don't think he's ever had a hearing with the Department of Player Safety. So if this does go to that status, they might look at this and, you know, let him off with a warning and, you know, the old uh, Willie Hayes, you know, treatment, don't ever F and do it again, Hayes, you know, something like that. So, you know, right call on the ice, 100%, right call for the Nashville player to get the instigator penalty who just jumped McNabb. So, you know, I, I immediately looked at the people behind me. And I think I, I put a tweet out. It said, there's got to be an instigator on this. So, you know, weird unfortunate interaction i know mcnab probably knowing mcnab he probably already apologized to the guy after the game for what happened okay so it was a split second hit okay we get all that however it appeared as though he pushed his left shoulder 
like right into the face of Jankowski. Okay. I mean, split second or not. Okay. It's not intentional. No, there's no intent there, but perhaps he will see a suspension of one game. Last time NHL player safety tweeted out was on December 23rd. 23rd. Those stinking bums. I I told you, and they'll sleep in late today. If we get a decision, it'll be around, it'll be afternoon because those guys are just lazy. So anyway, Okay, we want to talk about awesome. who was called up. Uh, we <laughs> we have Brian uh, Fraze was called up and Caden Korzak called by the VGK. Alec Martinez, who was on the ice skating the other day, he, remember, he played with the broken foot <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. in the playoffs and still led the NHL uh, back in 21. He still led the NHL with block shots in the playoffs, which is incredible. Uh, so he's, we know he's got a foot injury or ankle and uh, so they send him to IR. Uh, Paul Cotter might return. Uh, he's day-to-day. He could be back. He's going to be on the trip, we heard. Uh, Jonathan Marsh so. Okay, he goes on the Los Angeles trip. And now they say he's back in Vegas today. So I just sometimes wonder if they are not cooking the books, but just playing some sort of, uh, of mental games, or I don't know what they're doing. No Marimanov. You, I, I was watching your tweets. I was out at the basketball game and watching the game and uh, basketball at the same time. And I saw your tweets as well. And so he gets hit with a puck. And so he's out now. So how does this affect the team? Uh, Korzak will be playing for the first time, right? Uh, should be in the lineup tonight. With McNabb, uh, I believe, according to uh, Cassidy uh, uh, yesterday. Okay. And then Fraze, uh, this won't be his first ventured playing in the nhl i think he's been called up before when uh he was a call late call up from the ahl in one of his previous he played stops. with some games with tampa montreal yeah. calgary 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 first this, time in well, the he year. has been geez okay you ready so let's Go. just talk his ace so rockford he was a toledo walleye back in rockford cincinnati was he a marlin was he a marley or whatever not a marlin san antonio marley. rampage back to the cyclones marley's Yes. Maple Leafs, Marley's, Syracuse Crunch, Tampa Bay Lightning, Marlin Rockets, back to the Canadians, <laughs> Leaf Valley Faint Phantoms, Stockton Heat, Silver Knight. Yikes. He's um well he's, uh, he's well traveled, friends. He's got <laughs> he's got quite the jersey collection. Um so but I think we are looking at Brian Freeze. I think we're simply he is just in case Paul Cotter doesn't go tonight's. That is, he is the insurance policy right now. And the reason why I think this is simply an insurance policy is Rempal, who does have a lot more experience and a lot less jerseys than Freeze does. Um, Rempal played with the Silver Knights yesterday. So there's not a world that exists where Rempal is going to play Saturday for the VGK, Sunday for the HSK, and then Monday he's going to make the trip to Colorado. So I think Freeze is simply the just-in-case Paul Cotter cannot go for some reason at game time. Otherwise, they would have kept Rempal up and, you know, done that swap if there was more of a chance of Cotter not playing. So that's my between-the-lines perspective on that one. What I wonder is if, for some reason, McNabb does get the call today for a suspension, who's the sixth defenseman going to be? Okay, and so, yeah, that's a big question. But I know that on Saturday, I think you were one of the first ones that I saw pointing it out. Wasn't VGK down to three defensemen at one point? So here's, 
Yeah, so we lost McNabb for the match penalty. Okay. And then right at the end of the second, Miramanov blocks a shot. Shocker, okay. BGK defenseman blocks a shot. And he's literally laying right in front of uh, Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson trying to scoot him along, you know, trying to help him along. No, no, and- no, 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 no. You need people, you need guys in front of the net. Leave them there. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so you wa- I'm watching Miramanov skate to the bench and he looked bad. He looked he looked bad, unfortunately. He gets to the tunnel and he is literally helped off. So right away, I'm, I'm tweeting this stuff out there just as a fan hanging out. And no one else is really even talking about it in the media side, which I found interesting. So the third period starts. And this would have been my question to Cassidy if I was covering the game officially. But third period comes out and I took a 45 second video of Miramanov. It's on our it's on our Twitter. If you scroll back to my action on Saturday. He looked so bad. He looked worse than Jack Eichel in that one game in the warmups, you know, trying to stretch it out. Right. And I immediately said to Christopher, my son and the people around us, I'm like, guys, Miramanov looks bad. Something uh, he's not, this isn't right. And I noticed uh, Petrangelo took a second shift. I noticed Mc, um, Haig took a second shift. Hutton took a second shift. I'm like, okay, there's no way Miramanov's coming out. And so right away I'm tweeting this out and like, no one's even like catching on to it and stuff like that, which was kind of strange. Um, but my question to Cassidy would have been, it was pretty clear that Miramanov was not going to be playing in the third, by the way he skated around. And obviously a couple shifts into the third, you knew he was not going to play. What was his purpose for being on the bench? Was it simply some fog and mirrors, Tony, you know, to hopefully at least buy some time from the, uh, for the other coaching staff to catch on or was he available? God forbid we dropped down to three defensemen or something weird like that happened. And here's the other thing that I, that I thought I put this tweet out there with about 10 or 12 minutes left in the third after every whistle, someone should have been going after our defenseman and just tying him up and trying to draw a coincidental roughing penalty, take him down to three defensemen. Like don't, I'm not saying Nashville should go out and injure someone like Nick Haig or Ben Hutton or anything like that. But uh, there was a, um, I think four or five minutes left, someone might have taken a little whack at Logan Thompson or something like that. And Ben Hutton starts throwing punches. I thought they were going to put, put put Hutton in the box only. Like, you know, so Nashville, I think, uh, missed an opportunity to uh, take advantage of the situation. And, you know, as far as Miramanov goes, I mean, he was having a game, right? He got he got that uh, – he put the puck perfectly on Keegan Colasar's stick, so Colasar didn't have to move it and get a goal. There you go, Tony. Wait a second. On that Wait a second. You talk about an accidental goal. Like, he's just standing there. Hey, but avoid. right place, it, right it, time. It, Start it by giving him credit, him. Tony. Yeah, give him credit for being Okay, there. I'll give and him then credit tell, for and being in that. front of the net. And give him credit. Yeah, okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. Uh, but this VGK team – did you think uh, yesterday um, in the presser that perhaps Bruce Cassidy got a little bit too technical on talking about players? Oh, God, the defensive zone and uh, where they should stand. <laughs> Listen, I like it. He gives us so much and I, I might make my debut as a eight and under house league head coach this Friday. I'm still waiting for the call to, to coach my You're son's the call team. up. You're getting the call. I up? think I'm getting the call. So I'm waiting and I'm going to take everything. I might even fire in the press or, Hey coach, I need some advice here. You know, my, my, my kids in, in this league, we don't keep score on, you know, they're, we're having trouble making entries. What do you recommend at the eight U level? And uh, we'll see what kind of response we get. That'll be a make or break moment for Gallic, right? We'll see uh, if I get my credential approved for the game after that. <laughs> I want to talk about Logan Thompson and he is getting beaten repeatedly to the short side. Okay. I, I, I still see some slippage in his game and they're doing a good job of I'm thinking about the goal. That's why I'm looking time. up right now. Um, 
That yeah, first I Forsberg, mean, Forsberg goal, like nobody was out in front of the net to check him. So he goes from left to right and goes around and then gets a little, you know, air on the shot. And then he lifted it up and puts it over the pad of Thompson. And there were two, I think, two goals to the short side. That sounds about right. I couldn't see him terribly closely. And normally if I'm not at the game, I'll watch the game recap, but I was at the game. So I really didn't watch too closely on those and sitting back in 217 Q, we don't necessarily get the best view on things like that. Okay. Um, no, one thing I want to say before we get too far into yeah. this, um, I do want to just say this, in my opinion, was one of the best VGK efforts of the entire season. They started okay, a two unfortunate goals. Like, you know, that that's our theme lately, unfortunately, but four unanswered goals, the team responded. They had a great second period as well. The team finally seemed to get things clicking and they had that home ice mojo, whatever you want to call it. And then losing two defensemen. And, you know, it was almost a fairy tale ending, right? Making it out of regulation with the victory. But the fact that, and here's the other thing I'm wondering about, how did Nick Haig get out there in overtime? I'm assuming Nick Haig was the extra attacker because even with four defensemen, Nick Haig is not someone I would anticipate that goes out there in the overtime. I think Nick Haig might have been the extra attack. I'm again, not 100% sure, but I think Nick Haig, for whatever reason, might have been the one over the boards. And then obviously he lined up that Hager bomb and the rest is history. But, you know, this was an amazing VGK effort, by far the most uh, hunger, determination, heart, whatever cliche ter- term you want to use. I was very proud of the way this team played that game. And it was a very fitting ending that a defenseman was able to rescue the game in overtime, given that they were down to four defensemen. So wonderful effort. Very pleased with it. It's the first time I felt good, like really good about a VGK home effort in a long, long time. Yeah. And I just wanted to also talk about uh, Bruce Cassidy was discussing uh, how, why teams today, a two goal lead is not secure, right? In the national hockey league, more offensive talents. Yep. Yeah. More offensive talent and fewer stay at home defensemen. So you have your defenseman in on the rush, which I think is a very good point. And that's why, you know, fans, perhaps that's why there's more scoring in the NHL today as, you know, compared to the way it was back in the day. So the, the, the dead puck era is not a thing anymore. No. Right. Uh, when we return, though, we'll talk about our dead picks. Or No, we don't have dead picks. We've got good picks uh, coming your way, our predictions, and much, much more. Our lock of the night. Stay with us right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And make sure that you check us out on YouTube. You can subscribe, Locked On Golden Knights. And please make sure to follow TD Chris G on Twitter because especially on game nights, he's got the best insight, I think, of anyone uh, that you could follow on Twitter for the VGK. You do. You've got some great insight. And um, again, like I didn't see anyone else reporting about uh, VGK down to four defensemen, a lot of other nuances in the game. So great job there. Thank you. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to stroke you here early in the year, but good job. Okay, so hey, I'll take it. Okay, so prediction time. Uh, first of all, locks of the night. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with KK and KK, Keegan Kolasar. Oh God, and Caden Korzak. He could oh, yeah, not get yeah. out of the way. He was just. You got you got a score for us too, Tony. While you're. While you're up to your shenanigans. Okay, so again, uh, we've got the visiting team winning the last five. But I am going to buck the trend tonight. And I am going to go with the Avalanche 
it has to be a high scoring game. And I'm going to say six to four Colorado. I think it's a high scoring game. Uh, we don't get anyone off of a back to back. My goodness. It's so stinking rigged, man. Who's the goalie going to be tonight for VGK, by the way? We never, never even touched on that. Who do we think? Because it's going to be a high scoring game. I think I think Hill gets the call tonight. I really do. I think Hill gets the call tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hill as well. I'll go with Hill. I think he'll he'll be in net. But again, just keep in mind that it's been since early December since the Colorado Avalanche have had a lead in the first period. They've they've trailed every single game, and the first goal has been going to the opponent. So tonight, I'm going to take. Can you take the Avs to score first too? going to be plus money i'll take that as well six four avalanche yeah they, they they don't give you a lot of love on that in the book as far as uh, getting the juice on that one um i like brett i like uh, pahal's game lately i really like brain pahal's game uh, he has been buzzing around as a defenseman who is gaining more and more confidence on the other side of the blue line he's gotten getting a lot of quality chances so i like pahal to net uh get on the scoreboard somehow some way goal assist or otherwise so Pahal, and uh, let's stick with the defenseman. Let's stick with Petro. Let's go with the defenseman. So I'm going, I'm going B, <laughs> like a BP energy <laughs> thing with, with Petro, BP. All right, so we're going BP and AP. How's that? BP and uh, AP, and I got a 4-3 regulation win for the VGK. I, I don't love, I don't love it um, if it goes to overtime and and um, uh, what's his name is back. Um, da, 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 da. The really good player for Colorado, Tony. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Who's in? Nathan yeah, that, guy, that guy, McKinnon. Yeah, I couldn't remember I think, Nathan I think, McKinnon. Terrible. If it goes I, over time, he's going to be tough to stop. When I think of Petro, I think of more. You said BP. I say Sinclair with like the dinosaur. No, Petro. I live, you know, I live not too far from that dinosaur house in Henderson that the <laughs> that the teacher has right off of um off Greenway, a little bit uh a little bit uh north south, a little bit south of um Horizon. So, you know, you mentioned the dinosaur and, and all that, but all these minutes again, you know, this is something that can't be ignored right now. And that's another reason why Aiden Hill should go tonight as well. Just all the minutes that, that the VGK players have been having, you know, this is going to come back to bite at some points and it is worth mentioning. And, you know, I, I get the injuries in the last game. We can't hold that against the coach for, you know, McNabb or sorry, Nick Hague getting, I think uh, he had a career high in minutes, I believe. And Petrangelo was right around another 30 minute game or something like that, you know, but at some point these something's got to give right now. And I think at least on the forward fronts, you're going to have to put a little more trust and faith in line three and Paul Cotter coming back will be some bit of a stabilizer. I think uh, assuming Cotter is back in tonight, I think Cotter slots in the line three. I don't think you mess with line one right now. Amadio has earned the opportunity, at least until Eichel comes back and they reconsider uh, retooling everything. But Paul Cotter might give some energy to that line three, which you would think would be LeCision and Kessel. But honestly, I'll put another one out there right now. Kessel's going to have a healthy scratch this season at some point, and it might be sooner than later as VGK returns to health on the forward side. Uh, they, I know that, again, Bruce Cassidy was talking about the, the way that Nick Waugh and everything was starting to come together on his line. And he said that they were playing the way that they played back in October, November. So he started to sense that uh, they're playing much better. And in the game on Saturday, I found it interesting as well. 
that Bruce Cassidy had said uh, that uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, despite trailing 2 nothing in that game, he thought that they were doing a lot of things the right way. And, and he thought that they could break through. He felt very confident about that. The first period wasn't bad, Tony. Like, it, you know, you're watching and you're comfortable, right? There's other games where we're watching and you just feel like they're not in. Like the Silver Knights last night, they were down one nothing, down 2 nothing. They were not in that game. My son was tugging on me on my shoulder at 12 minutes left in the third. Let's get out of here. And we stayed a little bit longer, but you know, we made it to about the four or five minute mark. They were never going to be in that game last night. Uh, Patera was the goalie. Uh, very solid game, not a good effort by the rest of the HSK as Coach Viveros basically said the compete level was not there for a lot of the guys. Didn't call him out, but you know you could just tell by um, Viveros in the post game he wasn't happy last night. But back to the Nashville VGK game, it didn't feel bad. It didn't feel bad. VGK gets a goal, and I immediately uh, saw they were plus one hundred five. I jumped on that at that point. I jumped on plus one hundred five. Felt pretty good about it, and that stupid tying goal. And I'm glad I didn't take it in the matchup proper. I would gotten my uh, my my clock kicked, uh, kicked in, sort of speak there. Um, but they were in. You know, it was okay. It was a fair start to the game. A couple weird goals. You know, it just kind of happens. Unfortunately, LT gave him a chance to win, and you know they limped to the finish line that game. Which so what? Four defensemen. You know, they got the job done. They got two points. And uh, Cody Glass got a nice return video, by the way. Uh, I want to acknowledge Cody Glass. Just such a good, good guy. Good guy. You'd hope he's going to, you know, find his uh, find his legs, so to speak, in, uh, in Nashville. And anyone in Vegas, you know, should have nothing but uh, appreciation for our first ever draft pick of the organization. organization. And uh, good on VGK for at least giving him about, a, it was about 15 seconds, but at least they at least acknowledged him. And, you know, it meant a lot to Cody Glass. You know, it meant a lot to him just uh, by his, if you watch, if you watch Cody Glass for 30 seconds in an interview or just the way he is, you knew he was going to appreciate that. I thought that it was interesting, too, uh, the way that uh, Coach Cassidy talked about how they're selecting players to bring up. And he said they haven't had a ton of time in season to evaluate the HSK. It's a keynote. So, it's a keynote. It's a roulette wheel, Tony. That's well, how he just it. said that he they go on the advice of the organization, uh, the AHL team. And so that's how they're selecting players to come up. And I like it. I, uh, hopefully, Brendan Brisson gets up at some point. He said that he missed. He missed a lot of time. No, no, no. Why not? Brisson's not ready. He's not even close. Wow. Not that's even close. crazy. We'll and, talk about that tomorrow. We're getting close okay. here, but Brisson's not even close. Okay. We thank you. Great point. And we will discuss that because I want to know more. We thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you all tuning in, downloading the podcast, and of course, watching us on Lockdown Golden Knights on YouTube. For my man, Chris Golick, one in the books for this year. I'm Tony Cardasco. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.